Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sports Forecast. I'm Chad Forehand. And today we're gonna we're gonna continue talking about the college football playoff rankings, but then we're also gonna throw in a few extra things, talk about some uh free agent signings in MLB, see what's happening in the NFL a little bit. But we'll start off with the uh, college football playoff rankings because they came out Tuesday. One through five stayed the same. I I see nothing wrong with the rankings at all. One through 25, everybody looks like they're where they're supposed to be. So I've got no issues as far as that goes. Um, everybody in the top four is in charge of their own destiny. Um, we all know that one of those will be out probably Michigan or Ohio State will be sitting around five and six after next week's game but I think the top eight will remain close to the same as far they just might not be in the same position so I think this is a big week for Georgia it could be a trap game because uh Kentucky is very good um they're not playing it but they're better than they've been playing lately they just came off a loss where they should not have lost so it could be a trap game for george i still think we prevail but it could be scary so we just got to go play like we're playing the number one team in the nation and we should be okay um so i was reading the, the other day and the sec commissioner greg sankey came out and said that they are wanting to go to a one-division conference, which gets rid of the SEC West and the SEC East. They just want to be one big division. Um, Because, right, like I said, right now they have two divisions. When Texas and Oklahoma come in, they've been talking about doing a four-pod structure, and we'll get into that a little later. But... They're really trying to push the one big division, and that's because there's not enough home and away meetings between programs in different divisions. Like Tennessee, or not Tennessee, but uh, Texas A&M has yet to host Georgia since Texas A&M got into the SEC. Um, You know, Georgia and Alabama only play once every four years. So it'll be at Alabama, and then in four more years, they'll come play in Atlanta. So they're trying to get rid of that, which I understand. And I think what it'll end up being is it'll come down to the top two teams in the one giant division play for a conference championship. Right now, three out of the five Power Five conferences have divisions. That's the ACC, the Big Ten, and the SEC. You've got the Big 12 and the Big no, yeah, Big Twelve, Big Ten, and the Pac Twelve. They are the only two out of the Power Five that don't have conferences. Um, so they still have title games, but they don't have, you know, a West and an East or a North and a South division. Now back to the uh, four pod structure that they had originally talked about when we first found out that Texas and Oklahoma. We're moving into the SEC, which will end up making 16 teams in the SEC. They were going to split them up as so. It was going to be pod A was going to be Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and South Carolina. Then you had pod B, 
that was going to be Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, and Vandy. Then you'd have Pod C, which is LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M. And then Pod D was going to be Arkansas, Missouri, Texas, and Oklahoma. So what they were when they came out with this pod structure, they said that you play your three teams in your pod, then you play two teams from each of the other three pods. And that would give you your, let's see, three, four, five, six, nine SEC games. And then obviously you have your non-conference games. So Georgia would probably still play Tech. But in that structure, you know, other than the Georgia-Florida game, you won't get Georgia-Auburn every year or Georgia-Tennessee every year. You know, those are two big-time rivalries for Georgia. Um. You'll always you'll still get the Iron Bowl, you'll still get Tennessee and Alabama, um, you'll still get the Egg Bowl, but you lose some of those big ones like Georgia Tennessee's a big game, Georgia Auburn's a big game. So it's it's kind of I don't like the four pod structure, so I'm glad they don't even want to discuss that anymore. As far as I can tell from what I've been reading. So it's really going to be either a one big division or keep it in the two division, two team or two division structure. But I don't mind the one big division. I think it'll be, I think we'll be able to get more big games. Like it won't be every year that you see Georgia play Alabama, but it'll be every other year probably. Um, I in the one big structure, I hope they would continue to keep. Georgia, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Georgia, Auburn. Because Georgia, Auburn is the oldest rivalry in the South. I mean, you got to keep it. And that's only three games. So you get nine to ten SEC games in a big structure like that. Nine SEC games is what they're wanting. And then three non-conference. So then, like I said, Georgia could still get Tech. But if you get those three games, then you can mix and match the rest of them as you see fit. And you can kind of do the same thing with all the teams make sure they keep their big rivalries and then everybody else just kind of flip-flop every year so i kind of do like the idea of one big division then it's just your top two teams fighting it out for the conference championship so like in a two-team structure the top two teams in the sec right now are georgia and tennessee well tennessee's not going to be in the sec championship because we beat them and they're in the east you get a two-loss LSU team that Tennessee demolished at LSU playing Georgia. So in a one, a one big, a one division system, it would be Georgia Tennessee for the SEC championship game. So I like that better. I like your two best teams playing each other. Not who, not if say the East has a down year and the best team is Florida at six and three playing a. Eight or a, uh, let's see, six and three. That's nine. Say they're, it'd be eight and three. An eight and three Florida versus a 12 and 0 Alabama, but then you got a 11 and one Auburn team sitting there. You see, what I'm it doesn't, it doesn't match. It doesn't sound right. So I think one big division will be fine. Um, so I kind of like that idea. They, the commissioner said he's going to try to push it. 
try to push it, make it to where they can try to get it in by the time Tennessee, Texas and Oklahoma get here. But if they can move it faster, they would try to get it faster. But I don't see how that's possible because I think it's 2024 that Texas and Oklahoma come into the division. So that would probably be the earliest I would see it come in, but it might even be later than that. So that's something that's going to be very interesting. And, I'm, and I've also wondered when they come in, if we're still in the two-division structure how do you split those teams up do we get somebody that's in the east or in the west right now move to the east since texas and oklahoma are you know further they're in their midwest so are one of them going to be considered in the east and have to do a lot of traveling to the east coast instead of to alabama auburn right there you know in between or are they going to move you know, somebody from the West that's in the West now to the East. So that's that would be very interesting to see. So I'm guessing right now that they're going to do all they can to get to one division by the time those two teams get here. So I think that would be a cool idea. I hope to see it. We'll see how it plays out. Um, so as far as more college football, I was thinking the other day, and I was watching ESPN and reading Bleacher Report and all these other things, and I was looking, and if I if I was to bet right now, I would put Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, TCU in the Final Four. And I would probably say... Ohio State would probably be one. TCU, I see them going undefeated the rest of the season. And the re- and uh, before I continue, let's say that Georgia loses in the SEC championship. Georgia still makes the Final Four. Easy. They could literally show up to Atlanta, not get off the bus, get their butt kicked. They're going to the Final Four playoffs. That's just how they're number one in the nation. If they win out, lose to LSU, they still make it in. But... I see Tennessee getting in over Michigan because I feel like Michigan's going to lose to Oklahoma. I feel like TCU's going to run the table. And I feel like it'll end up being Ohio State, TCU, Georgia, Tennessee. And in that case, you end up seeing, and this is if Georgia loses in the SEC Championship. You see Ohio State, Tennessee play, TCU, Georgia play. And... You might see a rematch of the SEC or of the biggest game in the SEC this year, Tennessee Georgia, for the national championship. If Georgia doesn't doesn't lose, then they'll be at number one. Ohio State at two, A and M or TCU at three, Tennessee at four. So then you see that rematch again, but you see it in the semifinals. So I hope no matter how it works out. Georgia Tennessee plays for the nat- for the Natty. I'd much rather see that game in the national championship than Georgia Ohio State or Georgia TCU. So that's just my preference. Um, I do feel like Oklahoma- Ohio State's going to beat Michigan after last year. 
Michigan beats Ohio State. I think Ohio State comes back big. They got a. I think they have a better offense as far as firepower. Their defense is gonna have to stop Michigan's run game. So I think it'll be a good game, a close game. I think. Oh, I think uh, Ohio State pulls it out in the end. I do believe that Georgia wins out, wins the SEC, stays number one. That's my personal opinion, but anything could happen. Right now, as a Georgia fan, I'm just sitting back hoping that we win these next two games and we got nothing to worry about. We're, I love be the, to be the SEC champion, but regardless, we win these next two games, we're sitting in the playoffs. I'm a happy man. But that's, we'll just have to see what happens. So... There's a bunch of scenarios people are tossing out, trying to figure out how LSU can get in. Well, LSU's got to win out, win the SEC, and I still think they need a little help. They need TCU TCU to lose. Um, Obviously, Ohio State-Michigan, one's going to lose. You know, maybe even Tennessee needs to lose because if – when one of the top four teams loses, Tennessee is in. I just have that feeling they're in. So, that's one of the things we're going to have to sit back and figure out and see what happens. So, it's going to be a very interesting next three weeks. And uh, I'm excited to watch it. Um, College football is probably my favorite thing on the planet to watch. So, this is my favorite time of year when it's getting to crunch time. It's kind of bittersweet because that September game, that first game of the year, amped up, ready to go. So excited. You've been waiting all year. And now you want to see how we go. You want to see win, 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 win. And then you're like, all right, we're getting close to the conference championship. But then you're like, dang, after conference championship, we got one, maybe two more games. That's it. And season's over with. So it's bittersweet. But let's talk about something we really hadn't talked a whole we really hadn't talked about on this yet is anything other than college football. So I was looking in, uh looking at the MLB free agents. And Anthony Rizzo signed the other day for two years, forty million, with a club option for twenty five. For twenty twenty five, and uh, he signed with the Yank. He signed back with the Yankees. Jock Peterson took his qualifying offer and re-signed with the Giants for a one-year, nineteen point six five million dollar contract. Then you got uh, Tyler Anderson, who was a who had his breakout year with the Dodgers this year. He signed a three-year, $39 million deal, but he's going across L.A. and going to go play with the Angels. So that's kind of that's interesting to leave the Dodgers, but I'm guessing the Dodgers weren't going to give him enough because I don't know what happens with the Angels, how many years they had Albert Pujols and Shohei Otani the last couple years, Mike Trout, Rendon, they had the Uptons. They just somehow can't put it together, and they always got talent. So I'd be hard-pressed to take anything from the Angels, but also I'd be hard-pressed to turn down $39 million. So I get it, but if there's any other option, I'd almost take it because the Angels just seem to be snake bit. I don't understand what it is. I'm excited for Jock Peterson. I like Jock. He helped us get a a World Series, but I was really hoping the Braves weren't going to spend any money on him and bring him back. So I was excited about that. I read today that the Braves re-signed Tyler Matzik to a two-year deal, so he'll be back. So I'm excited about that. I hope he's I'm healing up, looking good, ready to come back for a strong year next year because I feel like for the next three or four years, we got a real shot at winning another World Series, and I'd really like to see it. So we'll see what happens. Um, 
What's scaring me is I'm hearing a lot of talk about Trey Turner going to the Phillies. The Phillies were kind of subpar 75% of this year and then turned it on at the end, got that wild card, and then just they did what the Braves did the year before. They turned it on at the right time, took it all the way to the World Series. They just didn't pull it out. So to add Trey Turner to that lineup is scary. And I'm hoping that doesn't happen because I – we had to deal Trey Turner Trey Turner is a Braves killer. We had to deal with him when he was in Washington for all those years and it just seemed like we could never get him out. And for him to come back and go to the Phillies, which I can't stand the Phillies, never have liked the Phillies. I really don't want to see that happen. So I've heard talk of the if the Braves don't re sign Dansby, they might try to go after him. But I keep hearing all these wishy washy things with the Braves. They're not going to go out and get a big shortstop because they've got one in Von Grissom, who is a great player, but so is Dansby. But if we can't get Dansby, we've got the money because then right after I read we don't want to spend a lot, I read that we can go out and buy spend as much as we want. So Jacob DeGrom, Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson have all been linked to the Braves in some form or fashion through some um, article or whatever, you know, and I wouldn't mind seeing the Braves go get Jacob DeGrom and Dansby Swanson. But if we can't get Dansby, because I hear the Mariners are trying to get him and move him to second base. I hear the Cubs want him and his his fiance she plays soccer in Chicago. So that kind of makes sense. So if we can't get Dansby back, I would love to go out and get Trey Turner. P- pay him what he wants and bring the Braves killer to Atlanta like we did with um, Adam Duvall, every time he left Atlanta, he started kicking our butt. We brought him back. He played good. He'd had up and down times, but he still played good. And we bring him in. So let's bring in another Braves killer and go get Trey Turner if we don't get Dansby. I'm a Dansby supporter. I want Dansby. But I just don't know what's up with my Atlanta teams. They talk about wanting to keep their players and whatever, whatever. But you get a kid from Atlanta, we should already have locked him down. It's done. Just like with Freddie Freeman, I don't know what took us so long. That whole ordeal is still a toss-up, whether it was his agent or whether it was him. I don't know. But just from what I've seen, I feel like his agent wasn't on his game at the time during the lockout. His agent has a lot of people that he represents. So, you know, I don't know how you misrepresent one the best first baseman in the game, but stuff, stuff happens. So I don't know what happened there, but we should have already locked down Dansby after the year he had. He's only got he's literally gotten better every year he's been with the Braves. So let's see what happens there. Like I said, but I'm glad we brought Matzik back. Let's uh let's spend some money this offseason. Let's get some people. We had a breakdown. I don't know what happened to us in the playoffs, but we looked like trash. And that's not the team we have. So let's let's go get some big pieces some big bats let's turn this thing around and see what happens so that's just my soapbox on what i think the braves should do but you know i'm not alex anthopoulos and i haven't made great deals at the right time and won a world series for a team so what do i know i'm just a lowly hvac guy that has a uh podcast you know what i mean so we'll just have to see um also last week or not last week, but Tuesday's podcast, I guess I jinxed the Eagles 
I mean, Monday's podcast, I jinxed the Eagles because they were playing Monday night football, and I was talking about them being the last remaining undefeated team. They lost that night. So I hate that for them, but they lost. What they do? They go out and add Indomitian Sue to a one-year contract to beef up that defensive line because my boy um, Jordan Davis is on the IR with an ankle injury at the moment, so they went and got a, another beast in the middle, which I'm shocked that Indomitian Sue wasn't even in football at the time, so that kind of shocked me, but it is what it is. Um but while looking into the Eagles, I found this cool story on uh, the commander's quarterback, Taylor Heineke. Pretty sure I said that right. After every win, he buys a pair of Jordans in the color of the team that he just beat. So he just went and got a pair of Jordan 4s in metallic green. I thought that was awesome because he gets a $125,000 bonus check for winning. What a life to live, right? So he goes out and buy a pair of Jordan 4s. Well, he was talking about he's buying his all his O-linemen a pair. And if they keep playing like they are, he's going to keep buying them pairs. And I thought that was a cool idea that he's buying shoes after every win because I'm a sneakerhead, so I think it's a great idea. Um, and then to go buy your offensive linemen some, keeping them fresh with some new shoes, I love it. So shout out to Taylor Heineke. I think it's a great idea to keep that up. Um, so other than that, as far as NFL goes, my Falcons look better than we should. We've kind of slept the last couple weeks. We hadn't looked that good. So we've been beat up in the secondary. That's what's killed us. Our offense puts up points. We've been without, um, you know, uh, Patterson for, the, for a couple weeks before last week he came back, but Cordell can only do so much. The defense has got to stop him and. We've got a decent pass rush, but we've got nobody in the back end right now to stop big plays. So we got A.J. Terrell back this week. Happy about that. So let's see what happens. If we lose another game, we're out of the playoffs. At that point, I don't think we can make it. So let's put our rookie quarterback in. I like Marcus Mariota. I liked him at Oregon. I liked his play style. But he just makes... Bad decisions sometimes that, which everybody does, but his seem to come in the most detrimental part of the game. So let's get him out. If he can't win the next game or the next game, we'll give him two more weeks. Put our rookie in. Let him get his lumps. Let him get his lumps. Let him get beat up. Figure out all defenses. Let him learn. If we've got him, we picked him. He was a good quarterback in college. Let's run with him. See what he can do. So I I say give Marcus Mariota one, maybe two weeks, depending on how this week goes. Put our new guy in. Put Ritter in. See what happens. Um, sorry about that. Uh, I am recording on my phone, so I caught a phone call, which I forgot to turn off my sound, so that's on me. Sorry about that. But that's my Falcons. Um, so I wanted to talk one more thing before I get off here. My Hawks. I'm loving what the Atlanta Hawks are doing, especially the first few games. You know, we had we added Dejounte Murray. We've got Trey Young, which is always good. Um, I'm seeing more out of Okongwu. The first couple games, they were feeding John Collins. He was balling out of his mind. Clint Capella's playing better than he has in the last couple years. 
Everything's looking good. Yeah, we had a bad loss against the Celtics the other night on ESPN. But how do you beat a team that's draining three out of every five three-pointers they shoot? They couldn't miss. We catch up for a minute, and then they go on a run. Bam, 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 bam. And contested threes. So, yeah, we lost that one. But we're still sitting third or fourth in the East, so we're fine. I look up today, and they're talking about trading John Collins again. I would... They've got to stop. They either got to trade him or stop talking about it because it's mess. It's got to mess with this kid's head. He just signed a five-year contract not long ago. Talking about trading, talking about trading, talking about trading. He starts the season off great, and then the last three or four games, he's not been feeding the ball like they were the first couple games. So his numbers aren't as good, and now all of a sudden we're trading him again. I feel bad for JC. He's been rocking with us, been busting his hind end for us for seven years now six seven years something like that and he's every year it's the last three years it's been we're gonna trade him we're gonna trade him we're gonna trade him and so they i came out today that the phoenix suns are you know talking with the hawks about possibly a trade but they're the suns really don't want his contract but there's still talks and then there's talks that you know, the Hawks are interested in Jay Crowder, which to me, Jay Crowder is just another John Collins. I like the kid. He came out of Georgia. I think it was Wheeler High School here in Georgia. The kid can shoot the three every now and then, plays great D. He just don't block shots or get alley-oops like John Collins, but he's a high-energy guy, and he's a 6'9 player who plays good defense. John will play good defense, but J.C. will block shots, and he's great on the pick and roll. Jay Crowder... In the last few years, he's been a rebounder and a pop out to the three-point line for the transition three or the set three. So if you make this trade, if we go and get Jay Crowder and we send JC to um, the Suns, then, yeah, we got another defender. We got a, th- a guy who can shoot the three and he brings high energy. But what we do the the best, what probably top three in the league is run the pick and roll. Well, we've got two guys right now with Clint Capella, John Collins that run the pick and roll, and they run to the rim, they catch the alley-oop, dunk on people's heads. Easy. We do that most of the game. And then you're going to get rid of the guy and bring in somebody who potentially bring in somebody who doesn't play that way. It'll kind of throw a monkey wrench in this offense. And the offense looks pretty good. We have our nights. But we need to figure this John Collins dilemma out because the kid wants to play here. He's loving playing with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. He likes it. So either trade the kid, which I don't want us to, or don't bring it up again until the end of his contract. Um, Okongwu's playing great, but they're not using him as much. So I don't, I mean, they're using him, but honestly, Clint Capella's playing great and he's boarding right now, but I don't see him continuing this for the whole season. But I see Okongwu and John Collins doing this for the whole season. So in my opinion, I don't want to see Clint go. But if you're going to trade somebody, trade Clint Capella. Um, we've got some. I've, I enjoyed so far the addition of the um, Holiday Brothers, Aaron and Justin. They're playing good. Our rookie AJ Griffin out of Duke is playing great. He had a 24 point game the other day. Played out of his mind. 
Jalen Johnson's finally getting some playing time this year. He didn't get enough last year, in my opinion. He's playing good. So we have a good squad that can compete. We Heck, we've beat Milwaukee two out of the three times we've played them. So we've got a team that can compete, but we need to figure out the front office stuff, in my opinion. I like Travis Schlink. He, he does great in the draft. He does great bringing in free agents. But this John Collins talk's got to stop. I'm tired of hearing about it. John, I know, is tired of hearing about it. So let's figure it out. Trade the kid or don't bring it up again. That's just my personal opinion. So, you know, that's just – I wanted to do a little bit on everything because I love college football and that's what's hot right now. But the NBA season's amping up. NFL season's, you know, starting to figure out who's, who are the pretenders and who are the real contenders. And for a while I thought, you know, and the Falcons still can win the division, but they're not a contender in any mean. If they win the division, they're out first round, easy peasy. So I'm not worried about having to worry about them going deep in the playoffs. It's not our year. I don't think it's our year for another two or three years, but it looks good as far as Arthur Arthur Smith's vision and building the culture. I like where we're headed, so we'll see. But I wanted to talk a little bit about everything today. Um, so hope everybody had a wonderful week. It's Friday. Whatever you do to relax and enjoy yourself, do it. Um, enjoy your weekend. Uh, get ready for next week. We got Thanksgiving, one of my favorite holidays because I love to eat and I love to eat good food. So I'm excited. I got my wife's Thanksgiving on Wednesday, my Thanksgiving on uh, Thursday, and then we got a Friendsgiving this end, the very beginning of December. So these next couple weeks, I am excited for. So, hope everybody has a great had a great week. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Hey, thank you again for all the support, for listening. I really do appreciate it. And uh, let's make this thing big. Love everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>